It's the State of Gaming Podcast. That's right. Welcome back, everybody. It's the State of Gaming Podcast. That's right. Don't worry. You're not crazy. Don't check your feeds. There's two episodes this month because one of them was a wrap-up, which we can talk about later. This one's brand new. you never heard this one before. Even if you've heard it before, you haven't heard it before. Uh, popzara.com, we have these mini podcasts we like to do. This one is about games. That's why it's called the State of Gaming. It's not called the State of Bread or the State of Movies. State of Gaming. And because of that, we need help. This is Nathan Evans, managing editor of popzara.com. Back once again with senior games editor, Mr. Corey. Mr. Corey Gundam Man Gallagher. Corey, welcome back. It's Gallagher. But Gundam. Macross. Well, it's Gallagher. Gallagher. But listen. Yes. Listen, if you had to be a Gundam, what Gundam would you be? Um, I mean, probably the Wing Gundam, because the boys in that show are so hot. They are. They are dreamy. Um, that's the musical, right? Gundam is... Is, is Gundam musical or Mac, Macross is the Americanized? Ma- Macross is the musical one. Gundam is... Uh, I, I don't think there was a Gundam musical, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, you know how it is. Like, I don't know my Gundams from my Macross anymore, but I'm sure they're going to remake it at some point, and it will be interesting. They, uh, they did have new Macross, I think, uh, a couple years ago, and it was actually a musical. Like, they literally sing while they're fighting the fighting the bad guys and driving around the mechs. <laughs> so it wasn't a fever dream. It's like West Side Story meets Akira, which would be kind of cool. pretty ridiculous. Like, I, I wouldn't say good, but definitely something you have to see to believe. Yeah, let's let's just say there's a distinction between good and spectacle sometimes. But um, no, I apologize. I I used to be an anime aficionado. I was one of those people that would get upset if you said anime versus anime. Don't do that anymore. But I just want to acknowledge to all the people listening to this on Pop Zara that that read our anime reviews and watch the anime stuff that I apologize profusely. Don't send me dead animals. Don't come to my house. Just don't do that because I know I've upset you. So, moving on to better things. I want to apologize to you guys for the fact that we're apparently doing a podcast every week now. Sorry about your feeds, everybody. Yeah, sorry about your feeds. We get that later. We get that later, which, by the way, I do want a little apologize. But anyway, here's the, here's the dealio. We talk about the biggest games that are coming out this month. Now, I want to be clear. This is January, the first month of the year. Probably slim pickings for some, but I was actually kind of shocked at how the, the pickings were actually kind of moist and robust a little bit this month. But then we segue into our original section, which is the NPD, which basically means what has been selling, what has not been selling, all that stuff. Uh, That's a lot of fun, but it's in the middle. And then we end out with the end piece bread, which is everything else, which means what else else is going on? Uh, This one's going to be fun. It's going to be short, sweet, to the point, and we will get moving right now. So, Corey, what are the biggest games coming out in January 2023? Well, in January 2023, we've actually got three big ones, and we'll talk about the one that actually just came out. Uh, on Friday, we saw the release of Fire Emblem Engage. Yay. Now, Fire Emblem, that's one of those franchises that Nintendo's had all for, had on for quite a while, but it sort of sprang to life on the Switch in a way it hadn't before. So what's um, going on? So basically, the deal with Fire Emblem back in the day is that a little game called Super Smash Brothers Melee came out. And uh, featured a couple characters, Marth and Roy, who were from Fire Emblem, and uh, we had never seen those games here before. Uh, Marth and Roy were so popular, they kind of paved the way for the game to start being localized here. That's true. Uh, So they've been pretty big. Uh, The last one was Fire Emblem Three Houses, which was extremely well-received. People love that game. Uh, And Engage, the one we have now, is kind of a follow-up to that one. It doesn't have the same mechanics where uh, you follow one of three paths. It doesn't really have the Persona-style... social link thing going on but it is a really solid tactical rpg if you're into that kind of thing uh you know i would point out that 
if you're interested in Fire Emblem Engage, we have a really good review of it on popsara.com. Right, or, <laughs> wink, wink, probably mucking up your podcast feed. Wink. Wink. You can't you can't wink on a podcast, by the way. I you know, I have seen you wink. It's a little bit it's a little <laughs> bit worrying. It's called a it's called a twitch or a, You're like, oh, a tick. It's I'm a tick. At you. you ever oh. notice that on by the way, one more thing about anime. You ever notice in a lot of anime movies when characters get mad their eyes just move? Just it's that limited animation where it just goes uh, that's down. bizarre. Their eyes move? Ugh. I know. Okay, so Fire Emblem Engage. What is next? Fire Emblem Engage. So we follow uh, this character with ridiculous Pepsi hair. Have you seen the main character from Fire Emblem Engage? Yes, but he, here's the thing, though. I think once you accept anime style, once you accept Japanese manga style, then nothing is shocking anymore. It's sort of like the fashion is necessary. Um, no, no, no. I think this is pretty excessive, even still. Pepsi hair. Actual <laughs> Pepsi hair. Anyway, Pepsi Hair, our hero, or hero and you, you choose, uh, goes on an adventure to collect these magic rings. And the rings let you summon the heroes of previous Fire Emblem games and team up with them. Oh, that's that's a completely unique take on rings. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, Sonic and the Secret Rings had that kind of thing. No, it didn't. Oh, it was actually, like that. quick question. Have you ever been to a gas station and they, the clerk rung you up and you heard the Sonic rings playing? Uh, yeah, I've actually heard that a couple times. There's a couple of us around here that do that. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah. uh, Point being, game has magic rings. All the old Fire Emblem characters are here, and it's cool because you can team up and do super moves with them, and that looks awesome. And it's a fun game. It's a solid RPG. Read my review. Thanks in advance. Yay. Another game that's coming out this month that's been really big, really hyped up for a while, is the remake of Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Did you know they're remaking Dead Space? Okay, I have one funny story about this. Um, you know John Carpenter, right? The movie guy? Yes. Okay, did you see the little kerfuffle with him about the Dead Space thing no. last week? So John Carpenter is maybe the most influential person in video game history that had nothing to do with video games. Sure. You know, you, you've seen Escape from New York, you know, Solid Snake. You've seen The Thing, Survival Horror. You know, you've seen uh, Big Trouble, Little China, Mortal Kombat, all that stuff. Well, apparently he's just chilling touring the country, playing his own music, because he's a composer, and he plays video games all the time. And he'll give you his opinion on everything. Like, he loved Halo Infinite everything. And somehow somebody caught him off the mic talking about a Dead Space movie, how he'd like to get it done, and that became John Carpenter's doing the Dead Space movie. So he had to put out a, a message last week saying, I am definitively not doing the Dead Space movie. However, the game is coming out, and I'm going to play it. That's John Carpenter. That's- John Carpenter is going to play Dead Space. Yep, he's almost 80 years old. You know who else is going to play Dead Space? You. Me. Us. Here at Pop Czar, we're going to play I thought you Dead just Space. played it, the Callisto Protocol. That was Dead Space, right? It's very. It was very similar to Dead Space. Same, um, people, same guy, I think. So. I mean, if you were actually playing Dead Space, or rather Callisto Protocol on the PS5, in quality modes, that a performance mode, it was more like Dead Space. Well, that is scary. You know, it, it, it's scary how poorly it ran. I was I was terrified that my PS5 was going to melt, uh, but then I switched performance mode. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Dead Space remake. You know, got to be honest, I haven't really followed it much. I assume it's going to be more Dead Space. Uh, I'm going to hope it's going to be more Dead Space and not more uh, Dead, Dead Space, Space Three. Three. Yeah. You know, because that game was terrible. Well, when does uh, when does Resident Evil Four remake come out? Because I know that I the. There's going to be a I window. Think they pushed it back, but I'm not sure when it's coming out now. There have been a lot of really solid survival horror games coming out, which, by the way, 
I, I, I'm a big fan of this stuff. I really do. I don't want to see any more walking simulators. If you're going to give me a walking simulator, give me something to kill that wants to kill me, and then we're talking. Uh, we call those first-person shooters. You know, I remember back <laughs> around 2009, 2010, 2011, when a new walking simulator came out maybe every other day, and it was probably the worst point of the games industry. I, I got to say, like, these terrible things were coming out every yeah, other day. It true. was awful. You know, there's that old joke, the Brista... Guy comes up, takes the order, and says, "Yeah, give me a, give me a cappuccino, but hold the milk." And the guy's like, "Oh, you mean a coffee?" And that's that's kind of how I feel about walking simulators and first-person shooters. It's just that I get it, but if you're going to go through all the trouble to render these 3D worlds and and all this stuff, I get it. But just put something to do. Give I mean, consider that do. consider that gameplay is the hardest part of making a game. So if you're able to sell <laughs> something as like a visual novel or a walking simulator, you don't really need to add the gameplay. You can just say that it's art. And who, if if you want gameplay, you're uncultured. Yeah, that is true. Like I, you uh, know what? Yeah. I wanted the game to play for me. I don't know. I, I every time I see a story about someone beating Elden Ring with like a dance pad or a trumpet, I just I just know that we're we're in for something interesting in the next ten years. So, I am I am hoping that one day you beat Elden Ring with a controller. That is true. Like, look, moving on, moving on to, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on, we have one other big game uh, coming out this month. Uh, and there's a few other, you know, sort of big games. The last yeah. really big game we have is Square Enix's new IP, Forspoken. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you something. I have not followed this game except for a little trailer controversy, which is basically just saying there's oxygen you breathe. But, um... So um, if you want to try it after we're done podcasting, there's a demo available on the PS5 and I believe on the PC as well. Um, I've played that demo and I've had a chance to try for Spoken. Um, did you ever play Infamous by any chance? Yeah, I, I use, uh, I'll tell you what. Remember how you said you hoped Dead Space was more like Dead Space 1 and not Dead Space 3? Yes. That's exactly how I feel about Infamous. Like, I love the first game. I think I love the second. I uh, didn't love the second game. I think I played the third one. Was it PlayStation 4 that came the third one? Yes. And then something happened, and the franchise just cratered for me. Something happened. I don't know what it was. I don't think I it mean, was they me. only made they only made the three games, and then yeah. they cratered because they didn't make any well, more of them. Kind of like Crackdown. You know what I mean? Like, you love the first Crackdown. The second Crackdown's horrendous. And the third Crackdown is like the first one. But by that point, you've moved on. It's just... I, I don't get the formulas, but you know what I mean? It, you you know what I'm saying. Like, what do you do? Do you satisfy nostalgia or do you do something new? So I mentioned uh-huh. Infamous because based on my experience with the demo of Forspoken, it's kind of got the same feel. Uh, you control this character named Frey. Uh, she has a magic talking bracelet, and mm-hmm. her magic talking bracelet lets her cast uh, magic spells. And they're really bombastic. You shoot rocks at people. You make a sword out of fire. And it's all very cool looking. And they're... You can lay vines on the ground, that kind of thing. Uh, it's also got this uh, goofy parkour system that didn't feel like it worked very well, but I guess we'll see uh, how much better that is when the game comes out on Tuesday. So, does the bracelet does the bracelet have a never-ending stream of conscious of wacky, wacky phrases? And yeah, commentary? yeah, just no, like yeah, just like, like high on exactly life. What you're thinking. It's exactly <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you're thinking like it's it's a talking Bubsy bracelet, you kind of have what they seem to be going for here, which is you know they've got this Joss Whedon style banter going on and. And maybe it's oh, funny wow. for the first 10 minutes, but then it's like, wow, this is the reason I don't hang out with Josh Whedon in real life. And well, just, yeah. well that, that's the reason you don't hang out with Josh Whedon. Yeah, yeah, because I, <laughs> I, I don't like his banter. That's the reason. He, he calls me up and he's like, Corey, do you want to go down to the Chili's and have some nachos? And I'm like, ah, well, he called, I don't know, Josh. Look, Josh called me the other day and I was like, Josh, look, I'm sorry, but look, I can't have coffee with you. I'm watching the Snyder Cut. 
you know, the, yeah, exactly. You know, the it's movie that the movie that systematically removed all traces of your contribution to that movie. Sorry. I didn't actually know that's what that did, but that's hilarious. Yeah. And another reason to not hang out with Joss Whedon, even <laughs> though he keeps calling me. There's another few games that came out this month or that are coming out this oh, month, and they're not terrible. I do have one kind of question about Forspoken, though. Oh, sure. So the, the game looks realistic, right? It looks great. I mean, it, it's a PS5 yeah, showcase. Yeah, the, the graphics are pretty impressive. But, but it doesn't look like a game that has humor. So my question to you is, what was that Final Fantasy game that came out last year? Was it the the, the Devil May Cry Final Fantasy? You were thinking of Stranger of Paradise. But you also told me that the game was better than it, than it looked. And that yeah, it was, Stranger that of it was, Paradise is fantastic. That it was funny, too, right? They actually announced more DLC for that. Speaking of which, uh, so please look forward to that. You get to play as a musketeer. Uh, but yeah, no, that game was pretty solid, actually. I would definitely recommend but, it. If you like Neo... Well, I'm going to say, like, I do like Neo, but I was going to say, is that, you think Forspoken is going to be that? It's going to be a sort of whimsical, realistic... No, no, no. no. The, the sense that I was getting is it's definitely trying to be like a like a Gen Z kind of, ha-ha, Marvel Midnight Sun style of humor that it, it might end up being a little, it might end up being a little <sighs> bit grating, but I, I think the game's going to be fine. I think it's going to be good. I'm not, well, the, I've never been the type to say, hey... This game's not out yet, and it looks terrible. I played the demo. It plays well enough. The problem with the demo, actually, the reason I mm. didn't play a huge amount of it, and I just tried to, you know, got a sense of what the game plays like, is that it gives you a whole lot of options immediately, mm -hmm. rather than letting you unlock stuff organically. So immediately, you've got, like, three different sets of magic, and, like, Ooh. ten different spells in each of those, and, like, you got to figure out the button combinations, and I'm like, just... That's front-loading. I hate it when they do that, because it's just... Yeah, yeah. just Ease me in, you know? Yeah, that's Ease what I'm saying. In. I want to play it when it comes out because it'll give me stuff organically and kind of you can figure out how it all works together. Anyway, game looks like it's going to be fine. Looking sure. forward to playing it. We'll get a review up on Pobzara. Other games that have come out and we'll have reviews on Pobzara soon Yay. include One Piece Odyssey. Do you like One Piece? Uh, that's the anime with a thousand episodes and like 20 movies. Is that it? Correct. Uh, and we still don't know what the One Piece in question <laughs> is. We have no idea. We, we know what it's not. But we, if, we have been told what it's not. It is not the power of friendship. It is a <laughs> physical object of some sort. You know there was a One Piece movie that came out in American theaters last year? Uh, One Piece Red. Yeah, another one. So it's just, yeah. I will say this. Uh, we will be commenting a little more about One Piece. Now, I'm not the anime guy. But when we are at Popsara, we like to do wrap-ups. I'm not the anime guy, he says, going on for 10 minutes to start of the podcast about anime. I I used to be the anime oh, guy. I, I now. Now you're the old <clears throat> anime guy. Yeah, and I'm the guy who grew up with Japanimation and thought Akira was the greatest thing in the world. I was like, you, have you seen Have you seen Fist of the North Star? Have you seen? Kids today are like, no, we have we don't watch that old stuff. So I don't, they, they watch stuff like Chainsaw Man. These they do days, watch Chainsaw. Really... Chainsaw Man is pretty cool. I won't lie. It's really good. Yeah, I won't lie. But um, anyway, we are going to have a wrap up. Uh, we usually do the best movies, which we're going to touch in a little bit before we exit. Um, our own Sebastian Stoddard is going to contribute his best theatrical anime picks for 2022. So stay up for that. He's pretty good that at that. That is fantastic. Uh, my mm -hmm. suggestion, my addition to that mm -hmm. in advance is uh, Bell. Bell was really Yeah, good. Bell was great. Bell was fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. One Piece Odyssey is a thing that exists. Basically, we control Luffy and the rest of the, the pirate crew from the show uh, in what amounts to like a like a filler episode of the show. They get trapped on this island, they have all their powers taken away, and they have to explore and get their powers back and look for treasure and ba-da-da-da-da-da. And uh, it's all presented as a turn-based RPG. You ever hear of the term bottle episode? Mm, bottle episode, no. Yeah, so bottle episode is when they had like, and one. I think this applies to One Piece because there's 
a thousand episodes. It's when you have a self-contained episode that doesn't have any impact on the other episodes. Yeah, that's like exactly what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah, tons of stuff. Like that's like, oh, we're all in one location because it's cheap, you know, so let's just have this adventure. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what we're doing here. That's not to say it's bad, though. No, no, no. Uh, what I will yeah, what I will compare it to, um, there was a fairy tale game that came out a couple years back. It plays pretty much exactly like that. So if you like that game, or if you like One Piece, or if you like RPGs, probably going to like One Piece Odyssey. Have a review up on Popstar for you soon. Uh, another couple games that came out that are pretty exciting. Well, they didn't really come out, actually. Uh, one of them came out. One of them is new to the mm. PC. One of them has been around for a while. Um, Persona 4 Golden and Persona 3 Portable are now available via Game Pass. Uh, Golden's, Golden's been around on Steam. You could play that for quite a while now, for a couple years at least. Uh, but Persona 3 Portable is brand new to PC. Is it only on PC, or is it is it one of those things where they're spreading it on everything they can? I, I believe it's going to pretty much everywhere. Like, um, I, I know for a fact you can play these on the Switch now, for instance. Um which is pretty cool if you like playing stuff on the Switch. And these are older games, so they're going to run really well. Uh, speaking of what games that run well, by the way, <laughs> I mentioned in my review of Fire Emblem Engage that it runs really well too. So don't let anybody tell you the Switch can't do games that don't run like crap. Cough, cough, Pokemon. I was going to say something. Um, again, here's a little, a little teaser for the end of this episode. We are going to be having a small minor discussion about what's happening with that and why I think Nintendo is going to defy expectations. I think it's going to piss you off at a lot of people but it's gonna happen you know i don't think i've been pissed off at a game since uh, a game or a game company for probably years now it's always the fans that do it <laughs> that's true anyway persona 3 portable persona 4 golden both fantastic games you don't need me to tell you that they're all over the internet uh mm. take a look if you have get the chance and if you have game pass you definitely have the chance because Yay. you get them essentially for free uh another game that came out recently is a space for the unbound now i've not played this one but i believe i've seen it i think it's kind of a kind of an adventure game sort of thing it has a really cool art style uh you can take a look if you want and uh it's a video game well let me, ask you, let me ask you a question be honest when you first heard the word unbound did you think of elden ring no no what did you think of like what's what what where's that what it calls to you so I've actually I've seen this one on the featured or upcoming page for Steam. So I wasn't completely unfamiliar with it. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I have uh, definitely not played it. Uh, from what I've seen, it's a uh, well right here. It says a uh, it's a story about overcoming anxiety, depress and depression. And I'm immediately just oh. like you know a video game has never made me feel anything but hungry. So probably not a game for me. Probably not. It's but it's it's it looks like it'll it'll play on like underpowered laptops. So there's that going. And, and it certainly does look very nice. It's got kind of this uh, Super Nintendo aesthetic going on. 16-bit looks fantastic. Yeah, like I I don't know. I didn't play River City River City Girls last two when it came out. The second one. Did you play yeah. that the sequel? Uh, I got a copy. I never actually played it. Yeah, I, I didn't really care for the first one too much, but I like the aesthetic quite a bit. Right, and yeah. I think that's I think we're gonna talk about that in one of the games a little bit. And that's kind of what you got going on here. Yeah, it's yeah. got that aesthetic. It looks really good. If you like the aesthetic, you should probably play it. Mm -hmm. uh, final. Well, no, not quite final, but mm -hmm. another game that came out. We got a review on Pop Zara just very recently, in fact. Vengeful mm -hmm. Guardian Moonrider. Yeah, that's the one I was uh, hinting at a little bit. So chances are you may have never heard of this one. And I think, Corey, there was some debate whether we should have put it on the list because no one's talking about it. But right. to, to be fair, we're, uh, you know, the publishers do like Pop Zara. They've sent us things before. Um, not a lot of discussion, but let's just say this. Uh, 
what would you compare it to? Like, if this is the first time someone's ever heard of Vengeful Guardian Moonrider, what would you say? You know, when I wrote about it in my review on PubZar, I compared it to an old Super Nintendo game called Run Saber, which mm -hmm. is just what it sounds like. You play as like a robot, you get a lightsaber. But you mentioned Strider, and I think that's yeah. actually probably a closer um, comparison. Actually, I beat the game yesterday. By the way, I got everything. It's only a couple hours long. It's yeah, very short. it's very short. By the way, short but sweet. It 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 doesn't it doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, it's actually it's not a sequel, but it's the follow up. Uh, the the developer makes it Joy Joy Masher. I think they might be European. They made Blazing Chrome a few years ago, which was a blatant Contra ripoff, right? So, uh, but a good Contra ripoff, which I actually Didn't discovered. Like it. Didn't like it. Wasn't a fan. I know. I did. I liked it quite a bit, actually, because it's really hard to do a running gun. You know this. Like, we have not seen right. running guns in a long time. They are a dead, dead genre. But it's real easy, as we were saying oh, earlier, to yeah. make a walk and look. Yeah, by the way, and that's the biggest problem with uh, Vengeful Guardian Moonrider is the difficulty doesn't really exist, and it's flippant, and boss battles are a little disappointing. But you said yeah, you're, you're pretty powerful right from the start, and it just keeps giving you upgrades. So. Yeah, but I'll say this, though. Um, what's really interesting, the only reason I want to bring this up, because we talked in our wrap-up episode about all these nostalgia games that are coming out that are basically companies who didn't have anything to do with the original games, package, packaging them package, and reselling them. Sometimes the emulation's good, sometimes the emulation's crap. This is one of those games that's, uh, who, what was that other company that, uh, the Turtle, um, who made the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Shredder's Revenge? Uh, was it? Uh, I cannot recall, but I, yeah, I but, of course I know the game you're talking about, and it was but, pretty good. Yeah, and you have these companies, like the companies that make Streets of Rage 4, and you have um, Turtles, you know, you have, you have these, these games that are new games based on nostalgia, based on what would it, what would it look like now? And I think this Joy Masher, they basically start from the 16-bit era. Now, what's interesting, and this is what I want to talk to you about real quick, you mentioned Run Saber, a game I'm familiar with. I mentioned Strider, a game we're both familiar with. But I actually think it's closer to Shinobi. And you had told me, I, I'm not you know, embarrassing you, but you had told me you never really played the Shinobi games. You weren't a Sega Genesis yeah, and, person. And you're not embarrassing me at all, because that just means I didn't play the Sega Genesis, which meant yeah. I played the Super Nintendo instead, which means I have better taste than most well, people, which the, is true. The truth is, though, the Genesis was better at games like this. Like the, it, This is one of those things that's my, one of my favorite things to talk about with games, so I will make it brief. Is the Genesis could do action better, like it had a better processor, and they took advantage it had of it. Blast processing. Oh uh, yeah, blast processing. Um, but no, it had a, had a faster processor, and like you had developers like Treasure who took advantage. You had Konami who took advantage, and I think Joy Masher is the spiritual successor to that in some way. That they're basically the aesthetic is more Genesis than Super Nintendo, um, but at the end of the day, it's that chunky sprite look that we talked about that you don't really see a lot, and it made me think, Corey that maybe chunky sprites have their place. Like, I'm not talking indie games because companies can't afford Unreal Engine 5 or whatever. I'm not talking that. But they do have an aesthetic that's pleasing, I think, especially if you grew up with that. And I'm not talking, like, 10-year-olds that like sprites. I'm saying there's something attractive about sprites, the same way, like, movie people will do black-and-white films. You don't have to do black-and-white films. They did black-and-white films because they didn't have color. It wasn't a you know, choice. I watched The Lighthouse last year. It was all right. Oh, yeah. uh, the one with uh, William Dafoe and Pattison, where they're farting yeah, yeah, and doing their thing. It wasn't thing. terrible. Yeah. Actually, you know what the best thing about that movie was? It was the aspect ratio. It was four mm -hmm. by three, which you don't see very much anymore. But, um, but yeah, speaking of uh, Moonrider and Sprites, you're absolutely yeah. right. This aesthetic has definitely has a place. But I will say uh, the other thing that Genesis was good at, the Super Nintendo wasn't, mm. metallic screeching. I'll say this, if you're a fan, right, if you're a fan of it, there are some masterful Sega Genesis soundtracks, just masterful. And I will close this discussion of Moonrider out like this. If you have a Switch, 
and you have the uh, the full Nintendo online thingamabopper, play Shinobi 3. I think it's Revenge of the Ninja Master. It is one of my favorite games of all time. It is one of my favorite action games of all time. It is clearly the inspiration for this game. Clearly. Um, it is a better game than Moonrider, to be fair. But play it. Play it with a real controller. And it's short. It's sweet. It's to the point. And it has a ninja horse that can do jump kicks against Gundam Gundam robots and ninjas. Going back to Gundam once again, huh? I hey, can't speaking help it. of stuff that yeah. was a blast from the past, um, I was shocked when I opened up the Epic Game Store the other day and saw this was uh, this game right here. Hmm. They apparently made a new colossal cave. Okay, when you say they, let's let's get this out of the way. It's not they. It's Ken and Roberta Williams. Actual, uh, can actual legends. To, if you if you aren't familiar, uh, they worked on King's Quest. I'm pretty sure they worked on Quest for Glory. A lot of what we know as the library oh. of Sierra Online. Was Not only good. that, though, I'm just going to come out and say it. The first celebrity developer, by the way. Can I say that? Like, right. I remember playing King's Quest on the Atari 2. The Apple 2? Not the Atari 2. I'm so sorry, the Apple. Old. I was in school, okay? It was like a keyboard click. <laughs> but they had the big old boxes with the floppies. And I remember they had a picture of Roberta Williams. And so, when I, you know, things were so different back in the 80s. They were so different. Like, so different. Yeah, but no, uh, Roberta Williams, Ken Williams, they're coming out of retirement to make to remake their own game. And yeah, they, they made a new Colossal Cave, and it's a thing you can buy and play right now, and I, I it's, didn't. It's got so graphics. It. It's got graphics yeah, this time. So. It has graphics. It, it looks fine. I think you can play it in VR if you want. By the way, that's not a slight. Um, they came out of retirement last year. They did a bunch of interviews on websites, so I was going to say... Uh, pull them up on YouTube and, and listen to their new interviews. They talk a lot about the old Sierra days. And basically, yeah, that's gaming history right there. That's worth knowing. The game features uh, scenic landscapes with hidden secrets. Uh, miles of caves, caverns, and crawl to work your way through with 15 distinct areas to explore. That's uh, that's never been done. puzzles. Puzzles in a game? Difficult ones. Well, you know what's funny? Before we, before we uh, close off in Colossal Cave, uh, we didn't really have a chance to talk about it too much, but... Uh, there was a new Monkey Island game last year that was well received by a lot of people, and it That's didn't true. suck. And so, yeah. I mean, you 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 like Day of the Tentacle? I know uh, who's the guy who does all those um, uh, the point and click games? Uh, who's the guy? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? What's his name? He's the one who did Brutal Legend. Uh, that was Tim Schafer, and Tim... Uh, we don't really think of Tim Schafer as the person who did games anymore. We think of him as the person who <laughs> ruined gaming by making crowdfunding. Well, big. I will say this. Uh, one of the games that I loved last year was the Atari 50 collect anniversary collection. He's featured quite a bit on there, and so, yeah. And I was... every, time I, every time I saw him, I clinched a little bit. I was like, wow, you, Kickstarter was your fault. Yeah, but you know, he gave us Maniac Mansion. I guess that's true, man. You know, it all is forgiven. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's a couple more games that got mm. ports that are probably worth mentioning. Uh, one of those is weird. One of those is not. Mm. The weird one is uh, somehow they think that you can play Age of Empires 2 on the Xbox with controller. I think that's a bad idea. Well, I will say this in its defense again, and I'm going to try it. I, I do think Age of Empires 2 is the best Age of Empires. I think most people would agree with that. Um, right. It is a game that has defied all logic. Like... Like, I, I've never seen this happen where a game is still being updated regularly like this. Yep. Um, but I will say this. Age of Empires, the studio that made it was, I think, Ensemble Studios. Remember that? Yes. Microsoft, it was one of their first acquirements. Microsoft bought them back in the 90s and basically ruined them a little bit. They tried to turn them into a blizzard. They actually tried to do um, their own version of 
Blizz, what is it? Um, Battle.net. And that whole shenanigans destroyed the Age of Empires franchise, just knocked it out, made it unpleasant. But here it is, and now you can but, play it on the Xbox. But here's the thing. Whatever was left of Ensemble, Microsoft regrouped, and they made a Halo game that was like Age of Empires. Remember that? What was it? Halo um, Wars. You can, you can actually Wars. play it on your PC now. Yeah, but Halo Wars was designed to be playable on the Xbox. Remember that? Yep. So I'm wondering if any of that DNA has... To, is going to be an Age of Empires 2. That would be kind of a weird full circle. but That would be a little bit strange. Uh, speaking yeah. of strange, uh, it's not too strange that you can now play Monster Hunter Rise on your Xbox. Yeah, uh, we don't usually mention a lot of just ports for the port's sake, but it, this game has come a long way since Switch to what? Yeah, this this game struggled on the Switch. Uh, I think you'll have a much better time playing it on Xbox or on PC or either one of those if you have Game Pass because mm-hmm. it's on that too. There you go. Monster Hunter comes home again. Yep. So that's pretty exciting. Now, the other thing we typically do on this podcast is talk about the NPD, the National Purchase Diary numbers. Now, this one's going to be a little different because uh, this is for December 2022, the last month of last year. And they were kind enough, uh, Matt Piscatella and crew were kind enough to provide a year-end wrap of what the best-selling games were, which we didn't actually have a chance to talk about with our own wrap-up. So... Let's get this out. Let's get the numbers out of the way real quick. Uh, total sales for December 2022. So I have to keep going back with that. 7.7 billion. That's two percent better than last year. But then again, we're you know we're coming out of the pandemic. Uh, total year-end sales for 56 billion. That means a small five percent decrease overall from last year. Again, pandemic stuff. Uh, Switch was the best seller. PlayStation 5 is finally starting to sell a lot. It's available. Uh, I don't really know about the Xbox Series X or S. I don't know, but they're in there somewhere. But we don't really talk about that. We talk about the games. We talk about the top 20 games that sold, uh, and we're going to do that now. So, Corey, what sold and what what made the charts for 2020? Let's, uh, let's just go ahead and knock them out real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the best-selling games of the year. By the way, uh, real quick, for in December 2022, though, not a lot of new stuff, because not a lot of new stuff Yeah, we'll, we'll just knock out the, the new stuff in December, which is not going to surprise anybody. Yeah. Uh, Callisto Protocol is on there. Crisis Core FF7 is on there. Uh, Need for Speed Unbound, which is a solid mm-hmm. game that we're reviewing soon as well, is on there. That's a surprisingly decent game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all the new, new stuff. All the rest of it is just what you'd expect. Call of Duty is number one. Pokemon's up there. God of War is up there. Uh, there's a bunch of sports, but nothing is going to blow your mind with December. What might blow your mind is the best-selling games of the year. Let's talk about those. Yeah, for t- full, now this is the top 20 list for... Let's start at the bottom for the entire year of 2022. So what yep, was this? It's going to cover all cover all platforms as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 20 is Smash Ultimate, which is still still super popular. This mm-hmm. game came out years ago, and everybody still loves it. Number mm-hmm. 19 is Switch Sports. That's Surprising. pretty good. It's a lot of fun. Surprising, yeah. since nobody. You know, it's funny. When Wii Sports came out, it was a phenomenon. Everybody talked about it. Everybody. It was on. It was on the news. Everybody talked about Switch. Uh, that nobody talks about this game, but apparently it sold well, a lot. Because you have to pay for it, but yeah. you know, people people apparently did. People apparently uh, number eighteen did. is Minecraft, which not surprising anybody. Seventeen is Gotham Knights, which funny story. Mm. Uh, Reddit will tell you for days that this game is terrible, and yet here it is. It's actually not that bad. It's all right. It's not mm. as good as the uh, not as good as the Arkham games, but it's fine. Uh, Sixteen is Sonic Frontiers, again shockingly decent. Definitely worth a look if you haven't yet. Uh, NBA Two K Twenty Three, which of course, uh, speaking of which, sports games: NBA, MLB, FIFA, Madden. Those are all on here. Don't mm-hmm. be surprised at all. Yeah. Um, 
Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which I think we both were pretty much we're pretty into. It's not bad. Made a lot made a lot of our best head lists. So yeah, for sure. Uh, Gran Turismo Seven is on here. Call of Duty Vanguard, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Call of Duty games on here. We'll get to the other <laughs> one in a minute. Uh, Mario Kart Eight, specifically Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, and we are not counting digital sales as usual, so that's probably actually higher than this. Yeah. Uh, MLB is on here. Horizon Forbidden West is above that one. Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, followed by FIFA, followed by Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So a lot of Pokemon on here. That's mm-hmm. a good good year to be a Pokemon fan. That is true. Uh, five is Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. By the way, that's also on Game Pass, and I played a little bit of it. It's uh, better than you would think. Well, Definitely worth a look. Le- Lego games are usually pretty good. You wouldn't think so, but yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, number four is God of War: Ragnarok, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, three is Madden. Two is Elden Ring. Two yeah. is Elden Ring. Well, that's not the- one. Well, that's, it makes sense when you see number one. One number one, which is, of course, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, so yeah. But that is interesting, though. Elden Ring, a game from, from sorry, from from Software, a basically a reconfiguration of Dark Souls, a game that is, that if you made a list of every checkbox that every publisher probably looks at to make a game that's accessible and sellable, it checks none of those boxes. Not and, a single one. <laughs> and again, uh, the the same place that we tend to look at uh, when we're looking, talking about game, uh, about NPD numbers and such, VentureBeat, uh, the same people who write sites like VentureBeat will tell you for days that Elden Ring is inaccessible and it's a problem <laughs> and we got to fix it in these difficulty settings and blah, blah, blah. Number no. two sales for the year. So Well, it's not just that, though. It's not just the sales. Elden Ring was a phenomenon. Elden Ring yes. was a phenomenon. It was a game changer. We talk quite a bit about this in our wrap-up episode. But it was a game that people genuinely loved, and they loved yeah. it, and they loved it in a way that you don't see. Like Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two, I'm not saying anything bad about it, but it's perfunctory. People like it. It's the new one. It's like Madden. It's the new of one. Course. It's not doing anything really different. Um, Elden Ring was a game that people genuinely, and I think, I think what it did, it activated something in them that they didn't realize could be activated, which is. Here's a game, you take it on its own merits, it doesn't care what you think. If you want to explore me, you have to do it on my level. And that is different. Which There's, is yeah. very, very unusual in modern gaming. And I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I will say all the talk about accessibility as it relates to difficulty clearly didn't do much to well, stop Elden Ring from selling like gangbusters. I hope, though, that accessibility continues to be pursued in controllers as opposed to... Um, actual gameplay i know that sounds like uh we didn't talk about it at all but god of war ragnarok was lauded because it had tons of accessibility features like with colors with this and that and that's fine that's totally cool and you know we talked about ces 2023 which we went to this month playstation sony announced what was it the leonardo which was their version and so that's good anything that gets more people playing the game my gripe my beef is that i have seen amputees beat elden ring with flutes and pads like it's possible, okay? It's possible. Just pursue that. Get people in, but don't don't make the hobby something else because you you don't think people can make the effort. You know. I mean, I might I myself have beaten Elden Ring with the trance vibrator that came with Res. So trust me, it can be done. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, of video games, what else yeah. do we have on here? We just have everything else. So. Yeah. Final thoughts. Interesting stuff, actually. You kind of you kind of surprised me with a couple of these. The first one, which I had no idea about this, <laughs> Laura Croft's mansion is coming to Power <laughs> Wash Simulator. Now, I don't know if you can throw yourself off the banister and do a swan dive and kill yourself like we all used to do as kids, but 
You can clean up the well, house. I'll say this: we talked about Power Wash Simulator last year. Um, it was a big. It was a. It was the. It was a phenomenon for a minute, kind of like Vampire Survivors. Um, and I'm glad. It, I'm glad it exists. But I'm wondering what's happening with the the Tomb Raider franchise because I think Square sold it off. Uh, we too. we know actually. We yeah. do know. There's a game called Tomb Raiders with a z. Uh, with, with an S. So uh, I believe it's going to be a co-op sort of game where you, you follow these new Tomb Raiders that are being trained by Laura Croft. That's what I heard. Well, I know that... The, what was the last game that came out? Shadow of the Tomb Raider? Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is still used for benchmarking. I was going to say, it's very, game. it is a very decent Uncharted knockoff. That is fun. Yes. It, it is what it is. But it is only played as a benchmarker now. It is Because I think what happened is Square Enix, whatever, gave the game away to everybody that had a video card. And it became like the de facto benchmarking game, which is sad because yes. the game was actually decent. But yeah, it wasn't terrible. Speaking of games that weren't terrible, mm. uh, The Last of Us exists, and they made a TV show, and I watched the first episode, and everybody seems to like it. It's it was it was all right. Yeah, but you, you last year we had Halo, the show, come out, and it it broke records it, it for Paramount. Right. It, it was is very bad, terrible. But yeah. the thing is, I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. 2023 is going to be the year that if they're done well, that video game properties will will finally supplant or begin to supplant comic books as the dominant thing. It's been long overdue. There have been many, many attempts, but you saw that happen last year a little bit with um, with video uh, comic book movies sort of take stumbles and none of the shows connected, not one of the shows connected. Uh, you have video game shows, you know, becoming successful. And by the way, if The Last of Us is any good, it's what happens when you hire good people. Like you hire you hire the people who made Chernobyl to make a post-apocalyptic show. But can well, I just say this? They keep saying zombies. This is the last of us is not zombies. So I don't know why they say that. So it's funny. I actually uh, a couple weeks back I took it upon myself to watch about a season and a half or so of The Walking Dead. Oh no. And you know, no 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 it's actually fine. No 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 um, no. Wh- which season though? Uh, the first, uh, first, like yeah, the first three are great. First three are great. I've heard it goes downhill. Oh no, it but, it jumps off the cliff. Like my issue with The Walking Dead quickly became it takes forever for anything to happen. Like we do these like very extended shots. Any action takes forever. You, you just can't get to it. You're sitting there watching them scavenge, and it takes like ten minutes at a yeah, time. That and we have the, these that was chats. the point, though. But that was the whole point. Like, the whole point was to let you immerse yourself in that post-apocalyptic world without... Well, The Last of Us doesn't do that. The Last no. of Us gets to the point, and it's nice. Well, you know what's funny? When The when the Walking Dead came out in 2010, I actually wrote an article. I think it's been lost in a website transfer. And we talked about it, and we ba- I basically said, I think this is going to be the most revolutionary TV show of the decade. And I, I compared and it to... And lo and behold... It became the most successful TV show of the decade. <laughs> You were correct, yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, the show's pretty good. Uh, I will tell you, you can get Paramount Plus on Amazon, and you should, especially if you like using ad blockers, because the actual Paramount Plus website does not like ad blockers, and it will freak out. Um, so, well, Here's the thing, though. Last of Us is on HBO. Hmm, so how, how did I see it? Um, anyway, I watched it on Amazon, I'm pretty sure. Here's the thing, though. You can get a free month of HBO. Like you can you can find it you can get this and um, apparently and you though, probably should it broke records it's the fast most watched show in HBO history after the new House of the Dragons which apparently is really good too so yep. people forget uh, speaking of speaking of new TV shows though mm-hmm. uh, just real quick uh, I've heard the new Velma show is not very good 
uh, we don't talk about Velma in this dojo. Okay, we just skip it and move on. We move on to the next thing, which is uh, this film called Tar, which is, <laughs> I believe, about a composer. Um, you put it on here for kind of a ridiculous reason. I'm a little, sh- I'm a little <laughs> yeah, shocked we we're sunk this low, but here we are. Well, first of uh, all, it is. Have you seen that? it? You haven't seen Tar yet, have you? No, I, 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 I don't mean. know that a psychological drama about a composer really does it for me. None of gore. Well, it's basically everybody loves this movie that's seen it. Um, it's it's from director Todd Field. Uh, I don't know sure. if you've ever heard of Todd Field. He's made some nope. really he's made some really really interesting stuff before. I'm trying to think of anything you might have seen that he's made. Um, he worked a lot with Tom Cruise back in the day. But uh, but basically, it's about it's about the de-evolution of this incredibly gifted woman who just is the architect of her own destruction, and it's got a lot of play. Uh, the Academy Award nominations are coming out this year, uh, this week actually. Um, Tar is projected to snag a lot of them, and the only reason I put this on here, and I'm not going to spoil anything. It's already been spoiled, but apparently there is a scene in the movie where you know when things happen the way they do. Uh, the Tar character is basically resigned to doing Monster Hunter symphonic orchestras. So, so it's a, the most tangential connection to video <laughs> games, but it's there. It exists. And you also wrote down, also mention everything everywhere all at once. I saw yeah. that. It was all right. Well, that's the other movie that's going to be getting a lot of hay. And if you watch it, it's basically a video game movie in some respects. And, you know, starring Michelle Yeoh and, uh, and I can't pronounce his name, but the kid who played Short Round in Indiana Jones. Like everybody in that movie is projected to win a lot of a lot of awards this year, as they already have. It's a pretty good movie. Pretty and, good movie. And it's like, this is what happens when the video game generation took over Hollywood. We we talked about this forever, that people who made video games wanted to make movies. Well, now yep. they are, and they're making them like video games. They but, sure are. Hey, speaking of video games, things that actually relate to video games. Hmm. Uh, you know, you remember the Stadia? Do you? You remember Stadia? Stadia was a Google thing. They did it a couple years ago. Uh, You basically bought like a package and it came with a Chromecast and a controller and the Chromecast let you stream games from a cloud system to your television. And yeah, it worked. It actually worked. And like I said, it was all right. Well, I've said it before. I've said it before. We have some movie people on the website that are not PC people. They don't have consoles. Really wanted to play Cyberpunk. Stadia allowed them to play Cyberpunk on their Macs. So, well, it's not going to allow them to do it anymore because it's dead. <laughs> it's uh, dead. But, but. but if you do happen to have a Stadia controller, and if you were playing Stadia, you probably do, you can go onto Google's site, and you can turn your Stadia controller, which no longer plays Stadia, it doesn't exist anymore, into a Bluetooth controller using an updates thing they've got See, over there. this is one of those things where you're doing the postmortem. And you say to yourself, there's no mystery why Stadia died. But the right. fact that they, this new company, I don't mean new, but this new gaming company with Google, thought that they had the chutzpah to make a proprietary controller on an unused system that was not compatible with anything else. Is, yeah, about to say, in uh, case I'm confusing anybody by talking about this, let me point out that the Stadia controller is a just fine controller, but you could not use it for anything but Stadia because it had a proprietary Wi-Fi connection. Yeah, and yeah, it's so... Yeah. Anyway, it's been rescued. It's been repurposed. You can use it yep. now because it only took him three years to finally do the obvious. Now, here's it. the funny thing. When you do it, it warns you that you can no longer use it for Stadia when you do it. <laughs> you know what? It's like, but, uh, you know, that's like that's like a Ukrainian refugee. It's like, you know, if you leave Ukraine, you can't really come back. You know what? I'm good with that. So... That's the strangest analogy I think I've ever heard you make, but not as strange <laughs> as Nintendo planning to make more Switches okay, this because is 
people still want them. They're going to make more. Uh, they're going to make more of the same Switch. So no matter how much I complain about mm-hmm. how Switch games run like crap, they don't care. They're making money. Well, here's the thing. Uh, we talked. I hinted at this before. This has never happened. This the only. It's never happened like this. It happened. The only time this has ever happened is when the PlayStation Five didn't sell very well, and so Sony ramped up PS4 production. And yes. and I still say. I still say, if I were to see the numbers of God of War, Ragnarok, and Gran Turismo, two of the best-selling games of last year, by the way, I guarantee you, I would bet money that, if not the majority, then most, like at least half the sales, were from PS4 versions. Well, it, you know, it's hard to get a PS5, so mm-hmm. you get the games on PS4, and then they see you getting the games on PS4, so they make more PS4s. And then, you want to get a PS5 and play the games on there, but it's hard to find one. It's just an endless <sighs> cycle. But- uh, point being, I'm not sure we're ever going to escape from the last generation well, of game consoles. But here's the thing, though. Are we ever going to escape from the Switch? Everybody, every single major expert, everything has been wrong. There's going to be a new Switch. There's going to be a new Nintendo hardware. Nintendo's like, nope, we're going to keep doing this. Uh, if you do the numbers, Corey, if you actually look at the history of Nintendo consoles, like it's about a five-year cycle, six max. You know, they, I tried to look at it, but then I got to the Virtual Boy and I got a really bad headache. But so. it doesn't count. We, that's the stepson that, that they, they lock in the closet. They don't talk about Virtual mm. Boy. But I'll say this. What is it? NES was two, 85 to 91. Uh, Super Nintendo is 90 or 91 to 96. Nintendo 64 is 96 to 2001. GameCube was 2001 to 2006. Wii was 2006 to 2011. Uh, 12, sorry. And 2012 to 2017. So now we're past the point. We're already past the point. Nintendo has one console. They don't have two. So the Switch is the best-selling console in the world. It's been this way. I think it's topped um, It's topped 110 million units. It's going to be Nintendo's you know, best-selling hardware. You know, so, you just threw out a whole lot of year numbers, but there uh-huh. is one year number that I want to talk about. Yeah, so basically... We'll see what happens, but we'll we'll move on. So what are we talking about next? We're talking about the year 2022. Yeah. We recently teamed up with Antal from Third Coast Review. Antal Bokar. Um, yeah, that guy. Uh, based out of Chicago. Sorry. I got to give him a shout out because he wanted me to include this. Third Coast yep. Review and his new project, Culture Combine. So, Culture Combine. Yeah, Culture Combine. It's one of those things. Look, and this is actually pretty cool. It's one of those it, things. It's like a culture everything. combine that you kind of throw something into and it dices it up. Yeah, pretty much. Cuisine art of pop culture. But, uh, yeah, but uh, Antel, I will send you this. Thank you very much, sir. You're, what is it? Third third appearance. So yep. he's, he's, a, he's a VIP. So but we did that. And it is, uh, it is uh, much to our chagrin. Uh, I'll, it's on your podcast list. Uh, and I'll that chagrin twice. is coming from the fact that everything else we ever make is now on your podcast list. We're trying to work that out. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's, it's, it, look, revolutions take time. So we talked about a lot of games we talked about our, our favorite games of 2022 which were quite a bit we talked about our least favorite which is blessfully a small list and a little bit of everything um if you just had to take us through without there's no traditional top 10 list can we just say that we didn't do that we eschewed that so what are some big titles that are great for seo purposes that we talked about uh, elden ring is on there oh. we've talked about elden ring god of war is on there um I don't think we talked about Genshin Impact that time, but Genshin Impact is a game people play, so it gets but good for SEO purposes. Yeah, but that's that's yeah, but that that was your favorite game last year. Well, not last year, but the year that's before. That's true. It's it's still really good. Um, what other what else is on there? Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: uh, Shredder's Revenge was on there. So is the Cowabunga Collection. And as long as we're going for SEO Ooh. purposes, Kim Kardashian, um, Kanye, Taylor, no, 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 not Kanye, Kanye. T- Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, anime. Uh, boobs. Beyonce. 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so that's SEO, and uh, that is, I think, the state of gaming right now. I will say this. I do want to bring out just a, a few little lesser-known titles just for the sake, because you've never, I didn't hear some of these. But we did. We had a lot of fun talking about Power Slave Exhumed. Uh, we had a lot of. We talked about Fix Fox, your favorite game of last year, the Ooblets, which I don't think anybody's favorite Ooh. game last year, Atari Fifty, <clears throat> Stray, so- Sonic Frontier, uh, one of one. I won't say which one, but one of Antel's favorite games, Warhammer Forty Thousand, Dark Tide, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Just so much stuff, and it kept. We talked yep. about Steam Deck. We talked about video game movies. We talked about everything. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a big one. Yeah, it's a big sure one. is. And you know what's a big one? This episode is too big. It needs to be trimmed. Yep. The fat needs to be trimmed. So I want to say, once again, thank you, everybody, for listening. All of last year, which was really, really good, by the way. Last year was the best year we ever had. Uh, but this year's a new year. January 2023 starts it off with a bang. You're, what we, what's the celestial year this year? You're the pig? Rabbit. Rabbit? Okay. Run, rabbit, run. There you go. Get that. Get that. Uh, get that one. But, Corey, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about the end of this. Uh, you've been listening to the Pop Zara podcast. This has been the State of Gaming. We're talking about games from January 2023 with a little dash of December 2022. Uh, thank yep. everybody for listening. If you like what you hear, subscribe, share, all that, all that funny buddy stuff. And, yeah, thank you very much. We will see everybody on the next level. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pop Zara podcast. Remember to like, follow, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or service.